This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras and Jim Toth on 680 CJOB. We're tied with them and they got four games in hand. You know they're going to go better than 500. 500 or better on those four. So this is an opportunity to, you know, keep the same amount of games but leap up two points um, or or one, you know. Um, so there's a lot of hockey left. I mean, it looked like a week ago or two weeks ago that we had a pretty commanding lead and now it tightens back up. And they had a commanding lead and Colorado did at some point. It's just going back and forth, and it's all, you know, different strength of schedule, different schedule. Like, our, ours has been brutal lately, but, you know, it's one of those things you have to go through at some point in the season, and they got a lot of games to make up. So, um, at some point, they're going to have a really tough schedule too. So, uh, it's a huge game uh, for both sides. It's exciting to play games. It's important at this time of year for sure. Great stuff there from Matt Duchesne on the impact of tonight's game versus the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, a game the size of the state of Texas, Jim Toth. Big game. They're games and they're big games. Fair to say this is the biggest game of the year? For the Jets, yes. And some might say, well, the last game could have been the biggest game of the year, but really is the game against St. Louis as big as this one? Central Division? Mm. I would say this is the biggest game of the year right now. Yeah, definitely. For many reasons. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, do you know that this province of Manitoba is slightly smaller than the state of Texas? I did not. So uh, maybe I did know that. It's Sorry. just slightly smaller. I don't yeah. know. Uh uh, Saad Youssef, uh, Stars Rider with the Athletic, joining us now. Did you know that, Saad? Did you know that the province of Manitoba, almost the same size Did as Did you Texas? know you could fit Manitoba into Texas, Saad? Oh, I, yeah, that doesn't surprise me at all. I, I mean, <laughs> we have some weird, crazy stats about how big Texas is. And trust me, I've, I've kind of made that drive out west. If you ever make the drive from Texas to California um, going out west, you just you never leave Texas. And <laughs> you're driving 10 hours, and then suddenly you drive two hours, and after you leave Texas and you're in California, it's crazy. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That's Texas is, is massive. And you know what? You're Manitoba. It's like mostly swamp. It's, it's like, it's like 75% complete swamp. I feel that way driving to Alberta, going through Saskatchewan. It's like the twilight zone. It's endless. (laughs) It's torture. You never know where you're going to come out. The big game tonight, uh, sod, um, against the Winnipeg jets here for the Dallas stars, uh, get into the game tonight and where the stars are right now. But I got to talk about Chris Tanev, uh, acquiring him last night, uh, the biggest fish definitely in the defensive pond, this trade deadline. Yeah. I mean, you know, it was, it was something that, and to be honest, the acquisition didn't make a whole, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't really surprising. The fact that the stars were interested or the fact that they even got the deal done. What was surprising was the terms. I think that's what really, that's what really made the whole thing super impressive because, the stars had a very obvious need on the blue line. Um, you know, they've been struggling really all season long. Um, and that's why they lost in the playoffs last year to the Vegas golden Knights was because they were outclassed on the blue line. So the fact that they were pursuing someone of that caliber is not surprising. The fact that they got them without having to give up a first round pick, um, or give up any of their top three prospects and only pay 25% of his salary is, uh, is really remarkable work by Jim. Nill. Well, and to me, it makes me want to ask you, Saad, who is Artem Grushinikov? Because that seems to be with a second-round pick and that much salary retained seems to be the key to this deal. Not disrespecting the second-round pick, but the, for a long time we heard Tanov was a first-round pick to get it done. Um, what can you tell us about the defenseman that they acquired in Calgary? Yeah, I think, you know, Jim Mill actually put it the best way that I could describe it. We just talked to him about a couple of hours ago, and, and he basically said Grushnikov is basically what Tanev was 14 years ago. And I think that's a pretty solid way to put it. I don't think the upside is quite as much as Tanev, um, 
But that's if you're looking at it from more of an optimistic view. Uh, I, I think Grishnikov struggles a little bit with a, a little bit more with the puck, but that's something that he's been working on down the AHL. But he's a shut. He profiles as a shutdown type of defenseman and stay-at-home defender, that kind of guy. And I think he has a future in the NHL potentially. I just don't think that. I think it's more of like a bottom four, maybe third pairing type of player. And uh, and so for you know the stars. They, they like him, and he's a first-class guy. Uh, you know, Jim Nill also shared today that, you know, he got scratched late last night when the trade started going down, and, you know, he stayed for the whole game, watched the game, addressed um, his teammates after, met with all the coaches after, and, you know, it's great maturity. He's a, he's a good kid, um, and, and I think, you know, he's something that can turn into something in the NHL uh, eventually. Uh, the Dallas Stars right now winless in six of their last seven, coming off that – 5-1 loss uh, to the Avalanche. Uh, Matt Shane just talking about, uh, and we'll hear that clip later on in the show, uh, Dallas, Colorado, or Winnipeg, one of those teams very likely to get, uh, well, they, one of them will get knocked out uh, in the first round if those are the three teams very, very likely to stay in the top three um, in the Central Division. Where are the Dallas Stars right now? You know, they're in an interesting spot because they're, it's, it's hard to really gauge them in any way. I mean, I know they've been on a losing streak and, you know, it hasn't really been going well for them. I I believe they've lost six of their last seven. Now three of those losses were an overtime shootout. So they've been picking up points every, you know, here and there. But the reason why it's hard to judge them is because they're just not healthy right now. I mean, you know, they were playing with two AHL veteran defensemen, meaning they're not even guys that are prospects or, you know, guys you feel good about in Petrovic and, uh, and, and another guy. So, I think when you look at the way that they've been playing, Tyler Sagan's out for a long time. Evgeny Dadnov might be done for the season potentially, um, which, you know, it, it's terrible for him, of course, uh, from an injury standpoint. But for the Stars, they're fine with Logan Stankoven coming up and doing what he's doing. So I think, uh, I, I think overall it's just really hard to judge where they are because the injuries um, just don't allow you to really paint an accurate picture. And has the injuries uh, not helped with the goaltending? Because Ottinger is one of the best in the world, and I think he's a top five, top ten goalie in the National Hockey League. Um, he does have some wins, but it seems like he's giving up a lot. Yeah, and I think the defense in front of him has struggled a lot too, and that's not not just the defensemen, but also the, the forwards as well. I think they haven't been as tight as they were last year. Um, they, You know, Ottinger is a player, I, I think a lot of goaltenders are like this, but he thrives on a high shot volume, and I think that's that's great and and everything. But like the shot volume, the, the shots that are getting to him have to be a lower quality. Right now, he's he's having to face some shots that you know are are asking a lot of him physically and stuff. So um, that's not to make excuses for him. To be honest, like his play all season has been pretty underwhelming. He had a strong start to the season, but um, but you know ever since then it's been a little underwhelming. He needs to. He needs to play better. That's something that he's mentioned. Um, it's something Jim Nill mentioned today, so it's not a secret. But they all believe that, uh, and you know, once the playoffs roll around and as things get kind of uh, you know higher stakes, that they know that Jake will pull it together. Uh, Logan Stankov, and he was doing great in the AHL. He's just had a so far. Maybe we'll call it a cup of coffee at uh, the start of something to come in the National Hockey League. Uh, what's his impact been so far uh, with his short time with the Dallas Stars? Oh, it's been huge, and 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 it's been and it's been exactly what a lot of people thought it was going to be because you know he plays with that tenacity. There's not a player that I've covered probably that that plays with a bigger chip on his shoulder than he does. 
Uh, I spent a week with Logan last year in Kamloops, uh, you know, when he was playing junior hockey with the Kamloops Blazers. And, you know, just the, just the attitude that he has goes a long way. And I know, you know, all the players in the NHL, you don't get to that level without being competitive. But I think there's an extra level to what Logan does. And, and he's fit really well also just on that line with Wyatt Johnson and Jamie Benn. And, uh, and, you know, that's a line that they tried a couple years ago in the preseason. It looked good. And Wyatt Johnson is a player who can really help elevate players around him. So I think it's a good situation for Logan to be playing winger next to Wyatt. And lastly for you, Saad, uh, what do you make of this matchup tonight? Is it a little, more, uh, a little more fever around it in Dallas between these two teams? Yeah, I mean, there, there's absolutely no secret about how big this matchup is. And, and, you know, Pete DeBoer mentioned it today in his press conference that Winnipeg is in the driver's seat of the division. And, and you know, you look, at the, you look at the standings, you look at the situation, and that's absolutely true. Like, you know, they are, uh, the, the Jets are the top team in the division by point percentage. And, and, uh, and, and so I think the Stars really need to take advantage of this game and then the game next month as well because the head-to-head are four-point swings. And that's what, uh, that's what the Stars need to take most advantage of. I think, I think it's going to be a great matchup. I think Winnipeg is playing really well. Um, or just with their new additions with, with Monahan and all that stuff. I think, I, I, I think it's really going to be interesting, especially with, uh, the jets kind of, you know, getting out of that slump they were in. And now I believe they won four straight. So, um, you know, it's going to be a good matchup. Saad Yosef, a stars writer with the athletic uh, on the program. Saad, really appreciate you popping on. Absolutely. Anytime. Thanks for having me. Yeah. yeah. Thanks. Saad. Enjoy the game. The more I look at this TANF trade, it's an absolute steal. Yeah. I mean, they have New Jersey retaining money. They have Calgary retaining money. Everybody knows that they're decimated on the blue line in Dallas. Like, if I'm a team, I'm like, the cost is going up here. And, mm-hmm. and to not get one of their top three prospects, I I mean, a second-round pick in this TANF replacement, TANF 14 years ago is how he's described, mm-hmm. good on Craig Conroy, but clearly no one was willing to give them a first-round pick for TANF. And why which is that? I th- which I think changes the price. Why is that? I I don't know. Like, he's a top four defending playoff-born puck-blocking defenseman. Totally. He was born to be in the playoffs with his physicality and everything else. So I just, I think that for a month now, Toronto, Vancouver, maybe even Winnipeg, the ask has been a first-round pick. And Conroy, I think, the part of this deal that stands out to me is Conroy obviously thought he wasn't going to get a first-round pick, which if you look at the price for Pedersen and Monaghan, now we have these two gamuts, right? If you can get a Tanov for a second round pick and a a, a fourth or fifth prospect, it, it's uh it's been a very cautious trade deadline. There's only been three big moves: uh, the Winnipeg Jets getting Sean Monahan, the Vancouver and Canucks the getting Elias. Have been vastly different. Yeah, Elias Lindholm going to the Canucks. This has been the other third significant trade so far, which I would suggest has been pretty quiet. We're a week away from the trade deadline. This is usually when things start really heating up. Maybe we're going to have a very, very exciting and busy uh, final week, but it's well, been quiet and it's been cautious. I texted Darren Drager this week at TSN and he said, I'm, I, I, I come on sometime soon, but I'm, I'm pretty busy right now. Unfortunately, not with trade stuff. Yeah. And then uh, David Pagnato was on and he said, things are kind of quiet. So yeah. we'll see where, when this heats up. Let's take a break. Let's come back. There's this list that just came <laughs> out, Jim. I don't know if you saw this. Uh, potential replacements for Rob Manfred, who's retiring in 2029 as the commissioner of baseball. Uh, some of the names on this list, you might have to hear to, to believe. 
Uh, I'll tell you who's on that list when we come back. Don't go anywhere. And of course, it's Jets game day. Five o'clock pregame show, seven o'clock puck drop. Huge game. Big game. Jets against the Stars. Big we'll, like Texas. We'll be right back. Jets at noon on 680-CJOB. So Major League Baseball Commissioner Rob Manfred has confirmed he's retiring at the end of uh, his term prior to the 2029 season. It's a lengthy retirement planned. Uh, sporty, sportsbetting.ag released the the odds on, his fa- on the favorite to replace him. Number one, Theo Epstein, curse breaker, the Cubs, Red Sox. Ah. Also on the list, 115, uh, 115 odds, Barack Obama, 20 to 1, Ron Howard, director Ron Howard, Barack Obama, <laughs> former president. Uh, <laughs> Barack Obama? CEO of, be CEO of Disney, 40 to 1, Bob Iger, sports personality Chris Russo, uh, 150 to 1, one in 10,000, Nick Cage. Oh, bring some stability to Major League Baseball, Nick Cage. One in 20,000, Simon Cowell of American Idol no. fame. And one in 56,000, Aaron Rodgers, quarterback for the New York, New Jersey, uh, I'm, the New York I'm Jets. I'm going with Ron Howard because the promos would be epic. We'll be right back. Think of those promos. Jets at noon on 680-CJOB. Get you back over to a game day edition of Jets at Noon. Thank you very much, Skylar Peters. How are you doing, Sky? Hey, Hollywood. Hello, gentlemen. I am doing well. Well, that's I, good to hear. Uh, I almost read the temperature when I'm supposed to say global news time is 1232, so you can tell I'm locked in today. <laughs> yeah. Well, again, you, you don't turn into news, Skylar Peters, till 1.00. And here you're yeah. just Hollywood Peters. MLB Commissioner Rob Manfred confer, conser, uh, confirming he's retiring at the end of his term, which is 2029, which is a long, I don't know. You sure, thought maybe Mitch McConnell's retirement announcement was long awaited. Uh, sportsbetting.ag, Theo Epstein is the f- number one to replace him. <laughs> Followed by, also on that list, Barack Obama, director <laughs> Ron Howard, an actor. <laughs> Cal Ripken Jr., Bob Iger, CEO of Disney. Yeah. He's also stepping up. Sports down. personality, uh, Chris Russo, who I know you're a big fan of. Mad dog. Yeah, I know you're a big fan of him. 150 to 1. Uh, oh. One, this one's, hold on, what's else on this list? One in 17 billion, Skylar Pistol Peters. Reporter, I got some ideas, boys. Reporter for the uh, for the 33rd team, or the 31st team, I guess, in the MLB, uh, the Savannah Bananas. Savannah Let's change the game here. Well done. I will run on that promise. Um, Eric Francis, the longtime Calgary reporter, put this out. I just got off the phone with Chris Tanner, because I was wondering how this deal transpired. Yeah. And uh, Dwayne Gilowaychuk, one of our analysts, texted this to me too. Just got off. This is Eric Francis, uh, a hockey reporter in Calgary. I just got off the phone with Chris Tanev, who had said it's been an emotional 24 hours as he loved his time in Calgary. He took me through the process that led to his trade in Dallas, which he's excited about. Quote, we had brief talks in training camp, and then basically a couple of weeks ago, I sat down with Connie, Craig Conroy, and said, I want to try and win. This could be my best chance to do it. He was super understanding and would only trade me to a team where they had the potential to win, and I appreciated that. As hard as it was... I felt it was my best opportunity to win a Stanley Cup, which has been my ultimate goal my whole career. That's how this deal came about. Mm -hmm. So he's like, I'm going to trade you to a contender, and I'm pretty sure some contenders, Toronto and Vancouver and whoever called, 
Um, and Conroy, now I'm wondering, could have you gotten closer to the deadline a first-round pick for Tanev, but not maybe from the team that he wanted to go to? Uh, Francis adds he'll remain in Calgary a few more days while trying to secure his visa and said that while he's excited to throw himself into the Stars experience, he'll remain open-minded if he becomes a UFA in the summer and wouldn't dismiss the possibility of resigning in Calgary. Mm. Now it's a little clearer on how Jim Neal managed to get Chris Tanev and another team to eat some salary in Calgary to retain it. Calgary's dealing him to a contender and maybe with the hopes of resigning him this summer. Like uh, Jim Ursay, um, letting Andrew Luck keep the money. Just think of us if you ever think about coming back. Yeah, that didn't work out too well. For no, him, but no. anyway, I just it explains a little bit. Like I just think two days from the deadline, you could get a lot more for Chris Tanov. But I mean, this is a way where he's sending him to winner. They got the prospect that they like, and if they are able to re-sign him, and it certainly seems like that that door is open, then this deal is absolutely... If he re-signs in Calgary. If he re-signs, yeah. yeah. Now, he played in Vancouver as well, loved the time there, and Vancouver was rumored to be in and around him, and he didn't pick Vancouver as a chance to win the Stanley Cup. Yeah, well, you know what? It makes a lot of sense then. So, anyways, Chris Tanev is going to be a big part. But maybe the deal for Vancouver... Maybe he said Vancouver, Dallas, these are my teams, and Dallas... But anyway, just it's a really good deal by Jim Neal. Yeah, Jim Neal. Jim Neal, again, a fantastic friend of the show. He's been on once. Can we call him a friend of the show if he's been on once? I think so, yeah. Jim Neal's a friend of the show. He's been on the pregame with Kelly Moore, too. So he's a friend of the station. Friend of the program. Um, Friend of the program. Former Jet. Yeah. Chris Tanev, uh, Dallas, Chris Tanev's Dallas debut is possible for Saturday. He will not be playing today. Uh, As you just said, he's awaiting uh, visa and all that other requirements, the paperwork stuff. Uh, most likely will start next week on the road. Immigration and visa issues need to be handled. Um, they'll be going to be playing the Sharks on Saturday in Dallas, uh, followed by a game uh, uh, um, in San Jose on Tuesday. So likely his debut with, this, with the Stars will be uh, on uh, Tuesday. Jake Ottinger is going to be starting uh, in goal and also another uh, change for the Dallas Stars heading into the game. A defenseman, Niels Lundqvist. Uh, will be in for Joel Hanley on on the blue line. For the Winnipeg Jets, uh, Connor Hellebach will be in net. No other changes uh, to the lineup. Connors, e, uh, Kyle Connor, uh, Shifley, Velarde, Ehlers, Monaghan, uh, Iafalo, Nita Ryder, Lowry, Appleton, Barron, Nemestikoff, and Perfetti, uh, Morrissey with DeMello, Dylan with Pionk, and uh, Sandberg with Schmidt, Stanley, Gustafson, and Kapari, uh, the healthy scratches. Here's a text message here about the Dallas Stars, and they're on a uh, kind of a slide, winless in, in six of their last seven, picking up three overtime losses uh, over that stretch. Uh, Dallas, kind of an old team, this texture says. No offense, guys. I know you're older. <laughs> Two 39-year-olds on their roster. Got, uh, rest of guys aren't spring chickens either. Starting to take its toll. How old do you think I am, texter Chris? I'm 32. I don't know if I'm. I, don't know. I, could, I could still be in the NHL if I had, for sure, you could. any amount of any amount of talent. I could. I'm surprised I could still. Not. I could still be in my. I could still be in my prime. Yeah, I'm still am in my prime. Yeah, Jim, told uh, you're still in your prime. I of course I am. I don't see age uh, with the Dallas Stars. Joe Pavelski is having another great year for them. Um, I think they have the right mix of youth and, uh, but they got to play better. 
and their defense has to get healthy. But come playoff time, I really like – I've liked the Dallas Stars all year. Um, and I said at the start of the year, I, I kind of had the Jets around third in the division, and I, I had Colorado and Dallas battling it out, and I kind of leaned towards Dallas. But I thought Jake Ottinger would have a much better year than he's having. Um, but I like the mix. And and Jim Nill, speaking of him, went out and got Matt Duchesne for $3 million on a one-year deal. It's a pretty good ad, too, at, at the production he's clicking at. Wyatt Johnson is having a good year. Th- this is a team that's going to be good for a long time. Yeah. And in terms of you know them getting older, um, I, I don't really see that. Jason Robertson's 24 years old. Rupe Hintz is 27. Uh, you know, Wyatt Johnston, 20 years old. Uh, they got Miro, the right mix. Miro Haskinen is one of the best defensemen in the entire league. He's only 24. Um, you know, and also this Logan Stankoven who's come in and he's been great. He's another young guy. First year in pro hockey. Yeah. And he's leading the league in American hockey league. Thomas Harley has been a fine for them on defense, 35 points. Um, Jamie Ben looks really good on the third line. Um, I think this is a team that's going to be very good for a very long time. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Jake Ondra's struggled this year. He's not played up to his potential. That's for sure. Um, I think the Stars would probably be the best team in the league if he was coming in with just his average numbers. But he's 25. Mason so, Marchment. So I, I think when I when I list all those guys, um, I, I don't see um, I don't see the Dallas Stars as a team that's aging out. I see them with a lot of vets. But listen, there's there's a young core of guys that are really 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 talented. Matt Duchesne has 56 points in 59 games on a one year three million ticket. That's a gamble that has paid off immensely. Yeah. Uh, Joe Pawlowski at 39 years old has 49 points, 20 goals mm-hmm. in 61 games. I really like Mason Marchment. Now they paid a lot for him in free agency. Um, but I think this is a team Dadanoff is injured right now, but I think this is a team like a, well, I've said it three times now. They're going to be good for a long time. Ottinger isn't going to be this bad. Uh, not that he's horrific, but he's not good right now, but that leads us into tonight's game, right? Like to me, this is this is a this is a this is like the Vancouver game two weeks ago. Yeah, and I'm very intrigued by tonight's game. Um, I think this is a great test for them right now and Carolina on Saturday. I think this is an important pair of two game road trip, and more so Cam going into the eighth next week, the trade deadline. How the team plays and what they may or may not need, um, these two games will tell you extensively that. I, I get the Arizonas, I get the Chicagos, even St. Louis, I think, is a tougher team and plays a lot harder than people give them credit for. But this game tonight and the Cal- the Carolina game will tell you what you need going into the trade deadline if, if there is a glaring thing you need. This texter says 204-780-6868. Text the show, does this move from Dallas make the Jets work even harder to improve their roster? Or does this not change anything for the Jets? I don't think it changes at all how how they're going to approach what they need. I I think that the Jets were anticipating that the teams that they're going to have to compete against the Dallas Stars and the Colorado Avalanche, the two teams you kind of have laser focus on, and you know really worried about what's going to happen in the wild card because you can't control that. Um, but I, I think you understand that they are going to make moves. What's interesting is what Colorado can do. They're kind of up against it a little bit in terms of what they can actually move out to acquire some help. Yeah, they're 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 short on some picks. Yeah, I, and Boston's the same. Like Boston wants to do some stuff, but I, nobody is locked and loaded like the Jets when it comes to prospects and picks. Except mm-hmm. for they sent the first one out in the conditional fourth or third um, with Monahan, so they don't have the first anymore. But I just 
I think they, if they wanted to do something, but I don't know if they need to, right? Like, mm-hmm. I think the biggest, I was learning towards some depth and, and on the blue line and in the forward core. I wonder if they're looking in the top six now. Mm-hmm. The Vlad Tarasenko is that yeah. Ottawa, it's a report came out, I read this morning, that Ottawa will be dealing him. Um, I wonder if they look at that and, and you know, let Cole Perfetti try and find his game. And, and really, Cole Perfetti's been fine when he's been on a third or a fourth line so far. He's only been on the fourth for two. But I wonder if that's the other thing about these next two games, right? Like mm-hmm. what Cole Perfetti can show you might decide whether you go get a top six forward or or don't. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the big play here, right? Um, I mean, the line seems to be more effective, while well, it is, with Alex follow up there. But is he is he a fit there? Uh, and, for the final push here in the last 25 games. And Alex Iafalo, the one of the reasons I like him is how he played in the playoffs for the Kings. Like, he's yeah. a playoff guy. Like, he'll be there. He's in front of the net. I don't know if he's going to light it up a lot, but he'll he'll be a good player if that's the way they go. I really liked it. That's where he first started standing out to me is when I would watch him in the playoffs with the Kings. Um, but if you could add a Tarasenko and, and put an Iafalo down lower... It just like that's what it's about to me, and and from what I understand, when I talked with David Pagnot earlier this week, that's what Kevin Chevrolet apparently is doing. He's he's looking, but he's looking for the bargains, and and I kind of was like, what does what does that kind of mean? But um, in texting with David, he said he knows what's out there, he knows what he's looking at, but he's not going to overpay, and he kind of feels like. And here's a prime example of what I'm talking about. So the Oilers apparently desperately want Jordan Eberle. Yes. They don't have any room. They need some salary retention. They don't have a lot of prospects, that, and the ones they do, they don't want to get rid of. Um, if that doesn't work out, I, I'm, I think Kevin will swoop in. I think Kevin will go, what exactly do you want for Everly? And, and if it's not the price that it is, you know, in the morning of the 8th, or if it's not the price it is two days before, and it shifts because teams that want him can't do it. Colorado's another one. They don't have a lot of prospects. They don't have a lot of, you know, Boston. I, I I mean, all these teams are going to be in and around it, but if they wanted to, I think the Jets lead the way with what they could deal in prospects and picks. Yeah, I mean, Colorado has a, likely a late round 2024 in the first. They don't have a second this year. They don't have a third. They don't have a second next year. Toronto and, and doesn't you know, Jim, have a second, so they're, yeah, they're to and, depart with that first, then they won't be in the draft for till round three. And you know the second round picks, those are that's currency at the at the trade deadline, yeah. big time. So um, I just I'm and I'm I'm not saying the other thing about the Jets being locked and loaded like they are to do something. Um, they might not want to or have to, right? Like, does anybody in this roster, they get back to their solid five-on-five play and the way the power play looks right now, does anybody think they need something? Jets at noon on 6-8 CJOB. Which is hard to believe, right? Yeah, and I think really I think that's I think that's why they've talked about, you know, going back to a one versus eight, two versus seven, three versus six. I think it's, you know, sometimes it's a little unfair to a team. Uh, it's unfair that one of these three teams is for sure going to be out in the first round, I think. so, uh, And that, that goes across the board or across the league. So uh, it is what it is. And, you know, yeah, we got to play within what, what's there. And, uh, yeah, I mean, this is a huge one tonight. And we lost a big one the other night against Colorado. And this is a chance. We're going to get another chance against them later on. But we got two against Winnipeg coming up as well that we got to be uh, ready for. That's Matt Duchesne talking about one of Winnipeg, Colorado, and Davis. Dallas will be eliminated in the first round. You see the NHL making any changes going back to one to eight? I don't think so. I mean, they made this deal specifically for playoffs, start times. I'm actually torn on this, Cam. I'm actually torn on this because I don't – 
it's really tough to see really good teams go out in the first. I love an upset just like everybody yeah. else. But when when you get into the second, third round and you could have a battle of Alberta, you could have um I just I, I don't know how I feel about it. Like I everybody loves a Cinderella story, but also I don't. I hate Cinderella stories. <laughs> if you get into the third round, um, and you have an eight seed taking on a first seed or or something like that. Are you as excited as if it was the top two to so, go to the Stanley Cup you final? Know, and- you know what I really soured on um, Cinderella stories was Iceland in the World Cup and the Euros when I, when they denied the world. I mean England. Like how, how do you lose that game to Iceland at the Euros? But they denied the world. Uh, France versus. England in the semifinal. Well, that's my point, right? I hate that. So would you rather, is that a great story, good for Iceland, you're going to watch it? Or is that you just prevented us from having one of the most epic matches of, yeah, uh, in the history of time? Yeah, like, come on, England. And I mean win, the history of time. I know. England and France, as we all know how good those countries are, but France at that time and now, yeah. we've seen them at the World Cup. Like, you could have watched England, France in a semifinal. I love the Icelandic story. I thought it was outstanding, but I wasn't surprised when they got kicked. Right? Yeah, I mean that's that's my problem with Cinderella. I, I hate when the like when the when the Habs went to the Stanley Cup final. That sucked. Um, well, of course they go through the Jets too. I mean that that soured me on that. But I hate the this, yeah and and these, look, these like this team that oh they caught lightning in a bottle, but then they get they get rocked in the final. They weren't even in they weren't even in competition. I didn't think they'd beat the Jets. I didn't think they'd beat Vegas. But when they got to the final, I'm like, I will put my house on this that they don't win the Stanley Cup, <laughs> yeah. and they got kicked. So I, I but, hate Cinderella. I hate Cinderella's story. But how big this game is tonight? This is like 79 points. Both the Stars and the Jets have. The Jets have four games in hand on Dallas. That's why the word here, Jim, is control. If you can get a clean two off this and have four games in hand, they also have three games in hand on Colorado. Yeah, two po- and two points ahead at the end of this game with four in hand. Exactly. So if you could get a clean two points, not even an overtime, I mean, you'll take the extra point. Yeah. But if you could get a clean two points tonight and still be two points ahead of Dallas and still have four games in hand, that's a big swing. And and vice versa for the Stars, if you can get a clean two points tonight, you're two points ahead of the Jets and only three games. They have three games. It, it, and a, you're still in tough, but... It's a much different situation. Uh, the Jets trying to get their first ever division win. They've never won a division before. Even 1.0 in the NHL. Never won a division. Jets 2.0. Never did. They finished second in the league. But that was to the Nashville Predators who won the Central that year. It's just a, we'll talk about the Carolina game and recap this one tomorrow. But it's just, to me, it's a really big weekend for the trade deadline. Yeah. For the Jets actually solidifying themselves at the top. And it just, these are two epic games that I'm really looking forward to. This You're going to want to make sure you are hanging on every word from Kelly Moore when the pregame show starts at 5 o'clock with puck drop at 7. Uh, uh, you know, the Vancouver Canucks game was a big one, but this is the biggest game so far this season. I no promise you it. Paul Edmonds will have a little extra pizzazz tonight because this is a – he gets – he's always up, but he'll he'll walk a little taller into the barn tonight. It's going to be a good call. Yeah. On 680, as he says, on 680 – C-J-O-B. Thank you very much to Tyson Ricky for producing the show. Jim Toth's going to take you all the way until 3 o'clock. That's it for me. Hey, enjoy the game tonight. It's a big one, baby. Biggest Texas. Fire up the music. Let's go. Game time. Can't wait. Jets at noon on 680 C-J-O-B.